You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. Tim Keller says, when life is going smoothly and our heart's truest treasures seem safe, it often does not occur to us to pray. When life is good, when everything is moving smoothly in our lives and we feel like all the treasures of our life, the things that we love the most, that they're safe, that they are secure, often we do not even consider seeking the Lord. Often we do not even consider coming before his presence. That perhaps is one of the deepest reasons for allowed darkness. Sometimes God, by his sovereign hand, allows us to walk through days of difficulty that we might press into him, that we might know him. And this time of prayer, in the most difficult days of life, this begins to steady our faith. We have been in a series these last several weeks of looking into God's word, of all the gifts, all the blessings he has given us that will steady our faith in the middle of difficult days. This morning, I encourage you to find your copy of God's word, and let's go to Psalm chapter 42 together. The book of Psalms is right in the middle of your Bible, um, Job, Psalms, Proverbs. I encourage you to find that copy of God's word or to go to your smartphone, and let's open up God's word to Psalm 42 and be there together this morning. The 42nd Psalm is one of the most beautiful, most profound, most wise, most famous chapters in in all of the scriptures. It talks about being in darkness. It talks about being at a place of, of disappointment. It speaks to us about being at a place of great difficulty. Um, most Old Testament scholars, the one that I trust a lot, say that this was David who, who wrote this psalm. And we don't know what's happening in the life of David as he writes out this psalm, but certainly something difficult. And I kind of like the fact that we are unaware of what difficulty David is experiencing to write this because we can place our own difficulties there. Whether it be a job loss that you're experiencing, frustration towards somebody else, frustration toward our nation or in our nation. Maybe for you it's, it's an illness or a sickness or, or cancer. Maybe for you it's, it's loneliness or a feeling of being betrayed. Or you're watching your, your parents' marriage uh, dissolve. Uh, maybe for you, you're concerned about a friend or concerned about your son, concerned about your daughter, whatever that might be, whatever difficulty you might be facing in your life, you can place that difficulty right on top of Psalm 42. Let's go there together. Psalm 42, beginning in verse one. Let me read this chapter to you, then we'll go back and, and revisit these scriptures together. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng and and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you. 
from the land of Jordan and of Hermon and from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep, deep as the, the roar of your waterfalls, all of your breakers and all of your waves, they have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries, they taunt me. While they tell me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Let's go back to, to verse 1 and, and to verse 2 together. We see in verse 1 and verse 2 twice the, the psalmist uses this phrase, pants, as a deer pants for the stream. So pants my soul for you. Your Bible translation might use the term there long. As the deer longs for water, so my soul, my spirit, my, my inner man, it longs for you. There was a deep yearning, a, a desire to be in the presence of God by David, by this psalmist, by this writer. Uh, he was spiritually dehydrated. And he longed to, to be in the presence of God. He was in such great need. And in verse 2, he says, my, my soul thirst for you. When shall I come? When will I be able to appear and come before the face of God? Just in verse 1 and verse 2, we were reminded of this absolute truth. The human soul needs God. Every follower of Christ, every non-Christian in our nation today, in our world today, every human soul needs God. And the psalmist here was longing for God. He was panting for God. He was thirsty for God. How long must I wait until I can appear before God? The human soul needs God and difficulty tends to make us run to that truth or flee from that truth. When you and I go through difficult times, it either moves us toward that truth and we are satisfied that our soul has needed God the entirety of this time, or we begin to run away from that truth that our soul needs God and we are constantly dissatisfied. We continue in that spiritual thirst. The human soul needs God. We see in this passage that that David is, is cast down, or your Bible might use the word downcast or, or in despair. Go back to, to verse five with me. And David is asking that question of his own self, of his own soul. He says in verse five, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? He says the same thing in, in verse six. My God, my, my soul is cast down within me. He says the same thing in verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? That word cast down or, or downcast is, is the Hebrew word shahak. And shahak means to crumble or to, to dissolve, to, to collapse. So here's a man and he feels like his soul is about to collapse. He's about to, to lose it all. In fact, it's a Hebraic expression, which means just to give up. Here's someone who's on the edge of just giving up on life, giving up on God, giving up on himself. We even see in, in verse three that he's beginning to lose his appetite. He's beginning to lose his sleep. He says, my, my tears, in verse three, my tears have been my food day and 
night. Tears had become his food, and he's staying up all night long, a loss of sleep. Now listen, this is David. This is David. The great, 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 great grandfather of Jesus. This is a man after God's own heart. This is the, the author of beautiful songs of worship. This is a king. And yet he feels like he's about to collapse. He feels like he just wants to give up, that his soul within him is crumbling and, and dissolving. We can learn together from this passage this morning, friends, that strong believers can become downcast. Strong believers can experience spiritual depression. We see it in Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19 when he says, God, just, just take my life. We, we see it in Jonah, in Jonah chapter 4, where he says, just, just take my life. We see it in Moses in Numbers chapter 11, where he says, just, just take my life. These men are so despondent, they feel like giving up on everything. All three of them knew they did not have the right to take their own life. But they're experiencing this spiritual depression. Going through a difficult time, no one is immune to difficulty. All of us, we come to a place where it feels like we're knocking on the doors of heaven with, with bruised knuckles in the middle of the night, as the great pastor Steve Buttrick said, a great Presbyterian pastor. Why is it that even strong believers can experience spiritual depression? Why is it that even those who are strong in their faith can, can have days or even seasons and times of feeling downcast in their souls? Let me give you a couple of reasons. Biblically, we see why even strong believers have difficult days. The first one is we feel overwhelmed by the present. The, the, the daily things, what is happening in your life right now, you feel overwhelmed by this day, this moment, this time. And nothing is making sense. We see this in verse 7 with your Bible still open. David says, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All of your breakers and all of your waves, they have gone over me. If you've been on, on the ocean or the beach before and you understand the strength of a wave and how you cannot stand when time after time breakers and waves just crash over you, this is what David is feeling. He's, he's not just discouraged, he feels helpless. As these breakers, these waves, even the waves of God continue to break over him. Often we will mimic even the words or echo even the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 26 when he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. Why do strong believers sometimes feel spiritually depressed and feel like they can become downcast? Because one, we feel overwhelmed by the present. But here's the second thing. We feel that no one understands it's really the essence of all of Psalm 42. That David is saying, no one understands me. No one understands this situation that, that I'm in. No one understands this spiritual depression. No one understands this, this downcast spirit in my life. And often we, we have that sense of feeling downcast or spiritually depressed because we feel like we're the only person who's ever experienced this feeling before or experienced this season before or experienced this spiritual depression before. Sometimes we feel like we're the only people who've had this type of pain or, or this type of grief. And people try to offer us very kind words, but often those words do not bring relief to our pain, to our difficulty, to our sorrow. And the Bible is filled with, with people who felt this way. 
The Bible is filled with people who, who felt so downcast, who felt so alone, who felt like no one truly understood them. Job felt that way, that, that no one could understand him, and yet he prayed even in the middle of the night. Daniel felt this way, that no one truly understood his situation, and yet he prayed throughout the night. Esther, she felt this way as well, and she fasted and prayed throughout the night. David, we see here, he felt this way as well, and he's praying in the dark. Jonah felt this way, and he prayed also in the dark, literally. I heard a great story several years ago about some six-year-old boys who were in children's Sunday school. And one of the teachers asked them, what would it be like? What would you do if you were caught in the belly of a big fish? And one of the six-year-old boys said, I would, I would light a fire and I would burn a hole in that big fish and I would, I would crawl out. Another little six-year-old boy said, I would step on that tongue of that big fish really hard and that, that fish would scream and I would escape out that way. The third boy said, I would cry out loud for my dad. I think that captures the essence of David crying out in the middle of the darkness for his father in heaven. Crying out in the middle of the darkness where he felt like no one truly understood. Why is it that often we feel like we're in spiritual darkness? Often why is it that even a strong believer can can have this sense of spiritual depression? Here's the third reason we see, because we feel abandoned. We feel forgotten. God seems to have left us. God seems to have walked away from us. God seems indifferent to our pain, indifferent to our season of difficulty, indifferent to our spiritual depression. Sometimes it feels like God is indifferent to what is happening all around us. We, we see this honesty borne out here in, in verse, verse 9. When, when David says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? The psalmist will say the same thing back in Psalm chapter 13, verse 1, when he asked this question, How long, O Lord, how long will you forget me? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Now look at that list that should be on your screen. Look at those three things. We feel overwhelmed by the present. We feel that no one understands. We feel abandoned and forgotten. All of those are feelings. Feelings are true, but feelings are deceptive. If we just live our lives by our feelings, we will be deceived all the days of our lives. Instead, how should we live? How should we be led? By truth. So let's look into God's word here in the 42nd Psalm and ask this question, what do we do in difficulty? What do we do in difficult days? How do you pray in difficult days? Days. Here's the first thing I want you to see from this passage this morning. You pour out your soul to God. You pour out your soul. You see, David understood at this point, at this time of feeling in his life, that God seemed absent to him. So what does David do? He lays out his life before God. He just lays everything out before God. You can be honest with God. In fact, God is big enough to handle your honesty. If you feel like that God has, has walked away, you tell God you feel like he's walked away. If you're prayerless, you tell God that you're prayerless. If you feel hopeless, tell God that you feel hopeless. Look at verse four. I love the beginning part of verse four. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. David was experiencing darkness. He was experiencing difficulty. 
He was experiencing spiritual depression, so he just pours out his soul to God. He comes before God honestly. He comes to God in the dark watches of the night and just pours out his heart before him. This is how you pray in difficult days. This will steady your faith. You pour out your soul. Second thing we see in this passage is that we are to recall the joy of God's presence. To, to remember the joy of God's presence, to, to think back on his faithfulness, his love, what he has done, what he has accomplished in your life. You recall the joy of God's presence. That's the rest of verse four. The psalmist writes, beginning of verse four, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, but look what he remembers here in the middle of verse four, how I would go with the masses of people, with the throng, and I would lead them in procession and worship. We would go to the house of God. We would go to the sanctuary. New Testament believers, we would go to church with glad shouts and songs of praise. There was a multitude around us, and they were keeping festival. They were singing for joy with God. This is what David does in the middle of the difficult portion of his life, In the dark days of his life, he recalls the joy of God's presence. What else do you do? You preach to yourself. You call out to your own soul. You preach good news to your own heart. Uh, Look at verse 5, the middle part of verse 5. He simply says, hope in God. Uh, We see the same thing in the middle of verse 11. Those three words, it's a very short sermon, hope in God. Now listen, David is not talking to his readers here. He's not talking to you. He's not even talking to God at this point. He is preaching to himself. He is reminding his own heart. He is reminding his own spirit to find hope in God. Hope in God, he says in verse 5. Hope in God, he says in verse 11. Listen, if you only listen to yourself, you'll go crazy. You'll have a lot of imaginary conversations. But if you preach to yourself, you'll be filled with truth. It's a short, simple sermon. Hope in God. Preach that to your soul this week. Hope in God. Here's the last thing we see. What to do during difficult days. Be assured of God's presence in the dark. Uh, you can build your life upon this. You can take this, take this one to the bank. You can build your life on this. You can be assured that God is present with you even in the darkness. Don't miss this in verse 6 and verse 7 of chapter 42. It, it begins at verse 6, time that awkward ending of verse, of verse 5. And my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you. This is the first time in all of this chapter that it switches to the second person. Now David is talking directly to God, not about God, not even about himself. He is now speaking to God in verse 6. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you. I remember you from that land of Jordan when you brought us in on the promise. I remember you from the land of Hermon as I see the beautiful tall mountain in north Israel. I remember you from Mount Mazar. In verse 7, he says, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. Again, second person, David is now speaking to God in the darkest moments of his life. I remember the roar of that waterfall and all of your breakers and all of your waves. They have gone over me. David is talking to God in the darkness, addressing him directly. We often think of, of light 
being the only manifestation of God or light being the only symbol of God or, or light being the only sign of God's presence. But please understand, God is also present in the dark. Look on your screen at 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 12. The Lord has set the sun in the heavens, but the Lord has also said he would dwell in thick darkness. Look on your screen at Psalm 18, verse 11. It is God who made darkness his covering. He made the darkness his canopy around him. You see, you can be assured of God's presence even in the dark. God is the God of the dark just as he is the God of, of the light. And darkness has been a part of believers' lives ever since Genesis chapter 3. But that darkness is, is never permanent. That, that darkness, there's always a promise to darkness that it will give way to dawn. God will even take the darkest moments of your life and redeem them for his purpose. You know, one of the things that, that ties all of us together this morning, no matter the, the, the color of your skin, no matter your gender, is, is simply this. We spent nine months of our lives in darkness. The first nine months of our lives were spent in darkness. And God miraculously began to establish our, our eye color and the cells began to be formed to, to form organs inside of us and our, our personality. Some of those things are beginning to be set. Even in the darkness, God does miraculous things in the darkness and then we saw the lights. It's the same with putting a seed into the ground. That seed is covered over with dirt. It's covered over in, in darkness. And those roots be, begin to go down deep into, into the depth of that, that darkness. But then life begins to, to burst forth in the light. God has always used darkness to do incredible things. We see in this passage as well that God was there in the darkest times in the life of David. Consider with me Jesus. Some of the most significant things that happened in his life happened in the darkness. They happened in his, his birth in the darkness, his arrest in the darkness, his, his death in the darkness, even his resurrection, just as darkness was turning today. You see, darkness is an opportunity to know God in deeper ways. Darkness is an invitation from God to press into him. We learn things there in the darkness that we would not learn in the light. We learn in the darkness how to trust him, how to, how to know him, how to hear his voice. And it makes sense. All of a sudden, our faith begins to make sense. And then faith is the only thing that we can cling to in the darkness. So here's the last word I have for you today. If you're going through spiritual darkness, spiritual depression, it's a difficult moment for you today. When praying in difficult days, remind yourself, that you're talking to your perfectly loving father. When you're pressing into God in the middle of the most difficult moments of your life, in the darkest moments of your life, you remind yourself, you speak to your own soul that you are praying to a perfectly loving father. Creator, yes. Rightful judge, yes. Sovereign king, yes. But also the one who through Jesus Christ, when you were far off, brought you in close. You're praying to the God who through Christ Jesus adopted you. You're going to the one that has asked you to call him Abba. He has asked you to call him dad through Jesus. 
and to be co-heirs with his son, Christ. Whatever your difficulty might be today, whatever your situation, you can press into a father because of the son, Jesus Christ, who loves you perfectly. This is what God's word has told us and taught us. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we want to take a moment and pray for our city and pray for our nation today. We pray for your hand of peace. We also pray that you would use your people to act justly, to stand up for justice, to stand against injustice. God, we would ask for a spiritual revival in our nation because it feels dark right now. God, some of your greatest works took place in the darkness. So would you use your daughters, would you use your sons to be on the forefront of peace and love? Would you instruct us to be ministers of reconciliation? And then by your grace, give us opportunity to reconcile the things that are broken, that are away, that are unredeemed. We pray for those that you have given over us in governance. We would ask that they would fear your name, that they would do what is just, that they would walk humbly with you, oh God. But God, we are not looking to government. We are not looking to the White House. We are not looking to Austin for peace in our land and restoration in our land. God, we are looking to you and God, you're looking to us to be on the forefront of what is right and good and pure and honorable and noble. We pray your hand over this nation, your hand over our city as we join other believers across our nation today asking for healing, peace that only you can bring and justice. God, I know there are some who are listening today and it's been a difficult weekend. It's been a difficult week. They have felt the spiritual depression. They have felt overwhelmed with grief or with pain or with sickness or with illness or in concern or worry for others. Here's our short sermon to our soul today. Hope in God. We thank you, Father, for hearing us through your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.